0: Hi, I'm Curtis Hill, and you are listening to The Extra Point. It is the week of February 16th, and I want to thank you once again for downloading this week's episode of The Extra Point. Extra Point's a place where I can dig a little bit deeper into what I talked about this past Sunday as well as give some recommendations, some suggestions. So I hope it's valuable to you. I'm glad you took time to download this episode. So we have been going through the book of Acts. Particularly, we've been three weeks in Acts chapter 2 because we looked at the event of Pentecost when the Spirit came and filled believers, and they spoke boldly in other languages. And then we looked at the explanation last week of what just happened as Peter preached a sermon. Really, one of the first, like, Christian sermons because Christ had risen from the dead and ascended to heaven so Peter explains the meaning of that and then this week we looked at the effect of Pentecost what what happened after this massive response 3000 people believed they were added so they're added to a group of people but what is what does that community look like what did the people of Jesus look like at that point that really was the focus we talked about several things let me just read some of the passages just to remind us of what Acts 2 says. Acts 2.42 says they, being the followers of Jesus, devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. So we talked about the community of Jesus are those who have repented and identified with Jesus. But they also are devoted to the apostles' teaching, not just to the teaching of Jesus, the red letters, if you will. They're devoted to the what the apostles are teaching. So we talked a good bit about that this past Sunday. And we also said they're devoted to the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer and Talked about kind of filling out that definition of fellowship or partnership, or the Greek word is koinonia. It says in verse 44, the believers are together. They have all things in common. They're selling and distributing proceeds of what they sold to everybody who had need. They're devoted to meeting together in the temple, even breaking bread from house to house, eating their food with joyful and sincere hearts. So you just get this picture of them listening to Jesus through the apostles' teaching, and then being devoted to each other. So I love the picture of what's going on there. And you see just an expansion of fellowship, kind of the definition in the end of Acts 2. And it says in Acts 2, verse 47, every day the Lord added to their number those who are being saved. Day by day, every day, the Lord is adding to their number. So it's not just a one-time event, but the church is growing, and God is the one mobilizing that growth. I want to just call your attention as we continue through the book of Acts to just watch the role of the apostles. They have authority, and that authority increases in the book of Acts. You just see them being looked to as the ones who are going to guide the church. So it previously had been the temple leaders, the religious leaders. And even speaking of the temple, you kind of watch the role of the temple in in the life of the followers of God. You watch that change significantly over the Book of Acts. So the role of the apostles changes. And the role even particularly, here it says they're meeting in the temple, but the whole temple system is going to just be dismantled. By the end of the Book of Acts, they plant churches. They don't build temples. And so just an interesting picture. Uh, keep your eye on that as we go through the Book of Acts. It's a great snapshot of church life. This is what every church aspires to, the description in the end of the Book of Acts. So I was glad to take several several minutes and dig into that, one question that pretty regularly comes out when someone reads Acts 2, the end of Acts 2, is whether this is a form of socialism. So not certainly not to load this up with political discussions of even today's time, or is this capitalism or socialism, which is better? That That really isn't the discussion. But when you read passages like they are selling their possessions and property, distributing the proceeds to all, they have everything in common. You, you begin to ask questions like, what, what does that mean? And is that advocating some sort of Christian socialism or even Christian communism? Uh, is this supporting communal life, living in a commune together and almost walling ourselves away from the world and just living together in the same facility, the same building, sharing everything in common, nothing privately owned? Is that what this is talking about? There are so. This is a longstanding discussion in Christian life, and I think it's hard to read these passages without being convicted that in Western life, in, in America, in the 21st century here, it, it's hard not to read that and feel convicted that there is more we can do to share and to care about one another. But is that really Christian communism or is it Christian socialism? So I just want to talk about I, those labels aren't necessarily helpful. But I, I want to just draw attention to a couple things. And again, I didn't talk much about this this past Sunday because I feel like the focus of the text was elsewhere. But I don't believe this is Christian communism or Christian socialism. Uh, certainly when you have negative perceptions, it's easy to expand those and magnify those. I, I don't believe that's exactly what's being advocated here for several reasons. Let me just talk through a few. One is this passage in Acts, you have to be really, really careful. This is a description, not necessarily a prescription. So if this was more than just a description of what was going on in that early time, if it was a prescription, we would find passages like this pretty regularly. So actually, we're going to take this as authoritative from God's word. We're also going to look at the rest of the book of Acts. We're going to look at the rest of the epistles and even find out, okay, how has this worked out in church life? And, And nowhere do I find it going to form it like no private property, no ownership of anything. So the rest of scripture would not take us down that road as a prescription for every Christian community. So that's one thing. But I I think there's stronger reasons. One thing I notice in this text is that this giving and sharing all things in common is voluntary, not forced. So when you think of the worst of socialism and the worst of communism, it's always forced that you have to give up everything. And this is mandated by the government. There is no government here requiring these things. This is God moving in the hearts of people to make sure all the needs of the community are taken care of voluntarily, not forced. I think that's significant. One thing I also notice is that private property is still owned and still recognized as being owned. So the rest of the New Testament assumes people are going to have some property that's their own. It says they sell their belongings, their possessions. So it's recognizing this is theirs to give. So that works against just the community holding all assets, the community holding all property. Now, there was private property. There were private belongings, private possessions. And sometimes God moves on the heart of people to sell those things. I've seen it in, in my own ministry. I've seen people moved by the Lord to give some of their property, to give some of their, their possessions, to sell those uh, some things that they own and give the proceeds to the church. And it's a beautiful thing when it happens. And then the other thing that I would note is this is given to meet needs, not just given to for an ideal or to be true to an ideology or a philosophy. There are real needs that need to be met. So I see this again take place in, in church life all the time where someone has a need for groceries or has a need for bills to be paid or has a need for transportation and the people of God arise to meet those needs. And and I love to see that. Uh, That's different than just the the ideology or the philosophy of communism or socialism. Uh, This is actually aimed at meeting specific needs. So it's not just, the the aim is not even equality for everybody, but it certainly is care for all the people who name Jesus Christ. And we play a vital role in that. So I hope that distinguishes a little bit. It may give you an idea of Okay, is what is this advocating exactly? One question that came in, and I'm helpful. I'm I was helped by the question. So imagine you read Acts two forty two through forty seven, and you see this beautiful picture of community. I preached on it Sunday, saying like this is happening even at our church. And maybe you feel like I'm a stranger to that. I don't know who's listening today, but if you feel like you're a stranger, how do I experience some of that community, that partnership together? I would say, let me let me think about this. I I think you have to be involved in smaller groups other than just the meeting on Sunday. I think you have to have friend groups and you have to even be involved. I think it would be most helpful if you're involved in a, a Sunday Bible study or a men's Bible study or a women's Bible study or a community group or, or if you're involved in serving. Somehow it's got to be beyond just being gathered together on a Sunday morning the church life here, they're meeting day by day. They're having fellowship. They're learning about each other. I think is implied in this passage. So somewhere at a church like Ogletown, you have to go beyond just experiencing something Sunday morning. I think that's vital, and we put a high priority on that. But I want to encourage you to go to go deeper. And so if you're listening to this and you have that kind of community, can I encourage you to invite people into that? Invite people to your Sunday Bible study. Invite people to men's groups and women's groups. Invite people to no even formal activity, but just people hanging out. Invite people into that. And if you find yourself on the outside of those things, can I just encourage you to take the initiative to maybe go sign up for a community group if you're a member of our church or be involved in a Sunday Bible study You take the initiative. I don't really know any other way to do it. You may have to make yourself a little uncomfortable at first to make this all work. But I want to encourage you to take that initiative to go. And if you say, I don't know where I'd start, then send any of the staff emails. We would love to answer that. I would love to answer that. So I want people to experience a rich life together at Ogletown. I want that to go deep in, in community. And so those are some ideas. A few recommendations before I'm done. One is... I cannot talk about Christian community without mentioning Dietrich Bonhoeffer's book called Life Together. I've read it several times. I don't read books a lot of times, multiple times, but that's one that I have and one I've actually taught on, one that I so deeply appreciate. So Dietrich Bonhoeffer's Life Together, it's a short book. It's a convicting book. It's a powerful book. Uh, You likely will not agree with everything he writes in a very sharp way, but you will You will be moved because this is a person that lived through Nazi Germany and was trying to understand what does it mean to be the Christian community in that world, which was a challenging world. I think you would love that book. I would hope like every Christian would read Life Together by Dietrich Bonhoeffer. So, just want to encourage you toward that end. Also, I just want to invite you as well if you have questions. Please submit those to The Extra Point. Email me, chill at ogletown.org. I would be glad to take any of those questions and and try to answer if I can. And then also, if you have suggestions or comments on The Extra Point, I'm glad for that. I also invite you, if you're interested in hearing the teaching that I did last Wednesday night on perfectionism, if you want a link to the audio on that teaching, I'd be glad to get that to you. Uh, Just let me know. Just send me an email if you would be interested in some of that. And then finally, every week on the show notes, I'm trying to list, here's what I'm listening to, here's what I'm reading. So feel free to click on some of the links there and get to the show notes. I would be glad to tell you more and have a discussion about what I'm reading, what I'm listening to. So I want to thank you again for taking a few minutes and listening to The Extra Point. I look forward to seeing you this coming Sunday.